Good evening, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to the post-episode recaps. This is the Game of Thrones Season 4, Episode 7, The Mockingbird. And I gotta get right to it. I can't I can't jump over what the most important thing that happened in this episode. Littlefinger creeped up behind crazy baddie Aunt Liza and pushed her down the goddamn moon door. There was so much talk about the moon door the last couple of weeks. Someone had to fly through it. And yes, in fact, it was her. I got so excited. I kind of knew it was coming, obviously, uh, having someone that was familiar with the uh, material. But actually seeing it happen, it rewarded me in so many amazing ways. I stood up. I screamed. I woo, little finger, little finger. Pushed that baddie, crazy bitch off. Oh, it was insane. In freaking insane. I cheered. Great episode, Joe. It was Joe. amazing. It really was. <laughs> Great. Oh, my God. I couldn't believe it. I was so I, – I just I, – I had to get on here, and I couldn't wait to get on here and just go crazy about how amazing that scene was and how amazing that setup was. Again, this was another episode. From beginning to end, it was awesome, but the end and the culmination of this episode was just such a home run with the – the, the end of the whole Tyrion arc and what happened with that with the the Viper offering to be his champion. And and then this big craziness. It was amazing. But before we go any further, welcome to post-episode issues, post-episode recap. I'm Phil the Issues Guy. With me, as always, my co-host Joe Dirty Locks. We're here this week to uh, recap the Game of Thrones. And if this is your first time here, please hit the subscribe button. Also, please comment away during the week or while you're watching this episode live, whatever you thought of this episode, whatever this made you feel when you saw, whoa, crazy hot lines of flying, or <laughs> whatever you thought of this episode or the crazy things we have to say. And if you comment during the show, if we see them, we'll try to get to your comments, we promise. But, but oh, God, I, I we just have to get into this episode, Joe. It, it was too much. That This was insane. This was fucking... It was amazing. It was one of my favorite... It's my favorite episode of the season. Beats the Purple Wedding. Beats everything. So beats, la beats last week? Because last it week was... last week, yep. Oh, my, my favorite episode so far. We just... Very, very many things I liked about this episode. I said before, I like Brian and, and uh, Podrick. This was, and this was a I, got a, I got a good amount of them and some good stuff from them. So. Yeah, this was much better. Like I, I had I had poo pooed the uh, the Podrick and Brienne uh, last episode that we had them, but I was very impressed with their time. This this was a great scene with them. There was no throwaway scenes in this episode. Each right. one had a kind of an awesome resolution to it and some cool stuff happening. So so let's get right into it. We open to Jamie lecturing Tyrion right after the events of the last episode. Tyrion, of course, is uh, thinks it's a joke as well. He's like, "This, yep, yeah, this is a funny joke." Jamie's like, "You threw your life away," and that he put his life on the line for Tyrion, and Tyrion just threw it all out. And uh, Tyrion just couldn't sit there and listen to listen to the lies, and uh, he couldn't deal with it. And, and Jamie's like, well, "You fell in love with a whore," and he's like, "Yeah, that was stupid enough, but it was, I was even stupider to think that the whore would love me." Yep. <laughs> and and goes, "Don't you realize you gave father everything he needed, and he would have gone?" And basically, kind of what we were talking about last week about kind of cluing Jamie in. If you didn't realize, father played you like a little fiddle. He would, he would have got everything he wanted. He was going to send me to the wall, finally get me out of sight, out of mind, finally get me out of Dodge City, and he's going to get you to Castle Rock to go father kids, and and he got everything he wanted. It feels perfect. And he goes, I, I just couldn't do that. Through everything, I needed to piss off Tywin. Do you really, you know me better than that. Do you really yep. think I was going to hand Tywin a big burger and he not spit in it? There and listen to Shay talk anymore. It wasn't just about... Tywin it was it was it was more about not being able to listen to Shay talk anymore 
Yeah, I, I hear that, but I think it is also, I agree, but just like, oh my God, dad, you fucking win. Fuck you. I don't, I don't want to hear this anymore. And I think it's also, as you, as you were kind of putting it, it's his, his rationalization to Jamie, why it was okay that he, he did kind of fuck Jamie over here. Jamie did in his weird, weird, uh, loyal to his brother, earnest way. He, he tried to do something for Tyrion here, tried to put himself on the line for him, gave everything that Jamie holds sacred, being in the King's Guard, uh, something that he does hold very true to him. Probably the most important thing to him left because since everything fell apart with Cersei. It, and then, of course, he breaks it to him straight out. I can't be your champion. I'll just get slaughtered. Yeah. I, you know, I fight left-handed now. It's not, I'm not the guy I was when you picked me in the Eyrie. Yeah, he's like he's like uh, I get my ass kicked by the by your trainer. We might as well just pick your trainer. Braun seems to be the guy you should pick. Yeah, tells and him to go find him. Tells him to go find him. And I th I think it's very interesting too here. And he says that uh, Dad would do anything uh, to sacrifice me to get to to kill me. Tyrion said to to make sure I'm guilty to get me out of the way. And. Uh, and Jamie's Jamie said, well, you know, he's a horrible to me, too. Uh, you know, he gives me shit, too. And he goes, gives you shit. You kill a king. Fuck your sister. <laughs> Anything you want to do. I mean, and dad makes it makes great makes great uh, makes excuses for you and makes re reasons why he's going to give you another chance and another yeah, chance. Jamie's a little offended by this speech. He's like, oh, what? careful, careful. I'm your only friend. Yeah, I'm the last yeah. I'm the last friend I, you got. And uh, and and Tyrion's like, well, at least I got to give them a great speech. Tell them all what I what I really thought about them. And he goes, wow, you can die for your principles. And that's when he tells him to uh, to find uh, to find Bronn. And they joke about who Cersei's picks going to be yep. Sir Merlin or something. And and nope, not Merlin or it's be the mountain. mountain. And we do a cross right over to our mountain. And this is our well, they joke. They joke about uh, about Jamie going in. Because dad won't let the golden goose fucking die. <laughs> yeah. To, to, you know, you might as well get in because he's not going to let you die. He's not going to let you get swa slaughtered. You're the only heir. You know, so. I'm, I mean, if Jamie stood in there. What, Sometimes in life. Whoa, holy shit. Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. Commercial. <laughs> this, this commercial is brought to you by YouTube. Horrible, horrible. Even pages refreshing on the on themselves uh, forget that so we we cross over to the mountain and we meet the mountain the new mountain what'd you think of our new mountain joe oh I, I don't know i was a little disappointed i liked i liked the first guy i liked the second the second guy was kind of weird he's kind of tall and lanky i think this is the third there might have been four but i'm pretty sure this is just the third and this guy i don't know he looks young. Yeah, he didn't look older than Sandor. He looks like the old wrestler Randy Orton, or like like a bulked up version of him. Yeah. He, he, he looks, looks like, like a professional wrestler is what he looks like to me. They did weird camera angles, too, with Cersei standing next to him. They were trying to make him look extra, extra beefy. freakishly big. Yeah, he, he was he looked like he was he was very beefy, very, very strong. He he looked like he ate a few many, few too many pies, <laughs> too, yeah. few too many kidney pies. But we see the mountain and we see him killing people for sport, kind of showing off for Cersei as she's walking. And uh, Cersei walks up, doesn't doesn't flinch at all the death. You know, she's she's I know, he's, he's hacking people apart, tronsting through their entrails. <laughs> and she's just like, oh, like she's like she's been in a thousand battlefields. Well, she, she has no care about it whatsoever. Well, she is she Joffrey's mother. After all. Yeah, she's that's come a, across like dead animals across the yeah, castle. You, probably, you, you know? beat me to it. She's Joffrey's mother. She's seen way worse. <laughs> 
<laughs> no big deal. Yeah, she's she's used to dead uh, uh, all the previous Sir Pounce Jr. and Sir Pounce the Second, Sir Pounce the right, Third, you know. <laughs> found all over the house. Poor Tommen. <laughs> so yeah, before it. Sir Pounce, there was Sir Stock. Yeah. Before Sir Stock, <laughs> there was Sir Sir Cutie Pie. <laughs> Seriously, uh, Tommen deserves Mr. to be. Yeah. <laughs> Tommen deserves to be king more than any other kid for having to deal with Joffrey. And the older brothers are tough enough. Forget right. having Joffrey as your older brother. Oh, that must have been horrible. But uh, <laughs> but Cersei's happy what she sees, and uh, and the mountains like, who am I fighting? I don't know why I made him sound like Ivan Drago. I must break you. You <laughs> should have been Ivan Drago. That would have been great. He would have been a good. He would have been back in the day. He would have been a decent mountain. Yeah. Uh, so uh, so and he's just. It's like, what does it matter? Who's it matter that who's he fighting? Whoever he's fighting, he's gonna smash. He's gonna Hulk smash anyone to the ground. No one can. No one can put up a fight against the mountain. Can they? Who, who could possibly no. do this? It only Arya or the Hound. I bet both of them too could. And this is who we get to. We get to Arya and the Hound. Want to. <laughs> the Hound could probably put up a decent fight against the Mountain if it well, really came Well, the thing is, is, I think we see them kind of tussle a little bit in season one yeah. at the um, at the joust. Yeah, because the Mountain goes crazy and tries to kill somebody because Loras spiked his uh spiked his lance or something weird or loris loris did something weird to his sword he got down on his knees and blinded him or something i don't know he prayed to the mountain sword (laughs) so (laughs) so aria and the hound come upon a wounded man in a uh in like kind of like a burnt out village and they see it from a distance and uh the hound of course is wondering if it's food and aria's like it could be soldiers it could be food and uh, and we know from last episode that Tywin has put a bounty on the Hound's head, so there so there are people out there looking for the Hound. The Hound doesn't know this yet, but but it's worth mentioning. So Arya says, uh, "There's a guy just sitting there," and Arya's like, "You shouldn't be there." And um, men came through and messed him up, and he's got a wound that won't uh, heal. And so the Hound's like, "You had enough time to go." Basically, you know, I'm gonna kill you. And Arya says. This is pretty, I wrote this down be, and underlined this because it's pretty depressing. Arya says, why go on? Nothing is worth worse than this and nothing is better or worse than anything. Nothing is just nothing. And it, I might be messing up paraphrasing it a little bit, but, but basically this girl, if you really stop to think about it, Arya has been through so much, so many problems. And this connects later when we find out that when she finds out that Joffrey's dead and we just... And, and when Bran, Bran's looking for her and we connect to that kid she knew, used to know, uh, the, the Baker kid, it, it's just been so long since Arya's had any connection to anybody else. She's just so far out there. Think about yeah, her life yeah. from the time of seeing her father's head chopped off to the point that we are now. That girl has had the biggest, like, like again, I, I know I'm harsh on Sansa, but that's why, because Arya's had it so much worse. I, not that Sansa's in a bad position, but she's still being her snobby self to little Robin Aaron. We'll get to that in a second. We're, yeah, you know, it was it was almost a toss-up as to who was a little bit more of a brat. Like, the yeah. kid, yeah, it was an accident, sweetheart. He poked it a little bit too hard, and it yeah, fell she, apart. She, and she was such a little douche to him. Yeah, she totally didn't know how to handle that situation. When you're dealing with crazy people, you need to know your language. That kid wasn't trying to do anything bad. He's just obsessed with moon doors. <laughs> give, them, just, give the kid a break. Just, Suddenly she feels that she's free and she's not going to put up with another Joffrey, an even younger Joffrey. Yeah, I, I think a little finger's enabling her a little bit too. Little just, bit, just, yeah. just she's realizing. I mean, we'll get, we'll get to that in a second. Uh, but, but anyway, so uh, the Hound, he, the uh, the Hound, or Arya says, 
uh, who are you? She or he tells she tells him that she's Arya Stark, and the Hound didn't like that very much. And he no, I don't think the Hound minded minded that much. You don't think so? I think uh, they thought they were alone. I don't think that either one of them thought that it was such a big deal that this guy is about to die. Uh, and as we see, what the Hound does. Yeah. 10 seconds later, or a minute, half a minute later, there was no big deal telling them who they were. I think it, I think it's worth saying, too, that the Hound was very nice to this guy. This is probably the nicest I've ever seen the Hound be to a, just a, rand, a rando on the street. The, yeah. the, the Hound was really cool to him in the sense that... Arya's loosened him up a little bit. Yeah, I, I, think, I think you're right. I, he says to him, uh, he tells that, yeah, yeah, she's, uh, she's Arya Stark. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send her, bring her back to her aunt for ransom money. And the guy's like, "Oh, fair trade. That that makes sense. It's a it's a it's a humane thing to do. Uh, you know, it's 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 the right thing to do with uh with you trade money, yeah, trade little, money for people. Get a little fair trade. Fair trade. You know, balance. And then he asks him for a drink, and the hound just doesn't say fuck off and stab him. He actually gives him a drink, and he says he wishes it was wine. And the hound says I do too. And then he kills. And then he stabs him right in the heart. heart. Like, <laughs> and he and then he can't not make a wise ass comment to Arya. He goes, "That's the heart. That's how you do it." Yeah, that's how you do it, little girl. And he teaches them, and like I said before, she learns a lesson every time. Yep. Yeah, he's when good. She, last time when he when he smacked her, or she was practicing, and he stabbed her in the armor. She took that. She remembered. For whatever remembered it's worth, that. and I don't want to spoil what I know or what I don't know. If these two are together forever, it's a great thing too. But if she ever ha- happens to separate from the Hound, she's going to have learned a lot from him on how to survive, Absolutely. just as much as she learned from anybody else. Not necessarily good lessons, but definitely lessons that she'll use. Yeah, to survive, to survive in the world. So, so right as the hound kind of is being a wise ass, this ki- a kid jumps behind behind him and bites him on the neck, and uh, he throws biter. Him down. Biter, yeah, biter. Try to Rick Grimes him. <laughs> Tried to bite him right in the throat, <laughs> and he and he just th- he throws him down, and uh, and he they they tell him that there's a price on his head, and uh, do you and, remember him from? Do you remember these guys from the? From the cage, season two. Yeah, going I, north I, to the wall. I do. Fighter the, was going with the sharpened, pointed teeth, and that's the one that jumped on the hounds and bit the hound. He just like broke his neck as he threw him over his shoulder. It was fantastic, <laughs> like a ragdoll, like, like a, crunch. Forget where the heart is, little girl. That's the other way to kill him. <laughs> I love. I loved. I loved in this episode how they did bring back a lot of stuff from uh, season one and season two, or just like yeah, references. Well, it was stuff. great too because at the beginning of the episode they showed you um, clips in the in the previously on that went pretty far back. You know, th- these guys in the cage was one of them, I think. Yeah, they showed they, what she he's about she's about to say to him. They showed in the in the uh, remember previously on rape you with a stick or something like yeah, that. Yeah, rape you with a stick. Shove a stick in her ass. Yeah. I, so the so the hound tells uh, basically says, well, if I guess there'd be a price in my head if I told the king to fuck off. That makes sense. And and they say no. Joffrey's dead. There is a bounty of a hundred silver on you, but uh, we th- and. That we thought we could collect, but uh, Joffrey's dead, poisoned at his own wedding, and the Hound and Arya looked like they wanted to high five at that point. Know, right? <laughs> they they just like, yeah, oh, that's awesome. They both dudes. played it pretty cool though. They did pretty pretty freaking cool. But you know she they wanted to high five him immediately though. She stepped right forward. It was like, oh, I know you. Yep. And they worked for the guy that, as Joe was saying, that uh, threatened to rape her with a stick or whatever 
whatever they said. And the hound goes, well, is this person on your little list? And she goes, well, I don't know his name. And the hound's like, what's your name? And, she, and she's like, I know your name now. It stabs him right through the heart. Cold-hearted Arya moment. Yep, and says, thank you. Thank you. Ooh. And the hound's like, oh, guess you're learning. Yep. yep. This is the lesson that the hound gave her right then and there. And then you just hear the PBS music. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> And knowing it's half the battle. G.I. Joe, the hound. And it was so smooth. As soon as he said his name, she just turned around and stabbed him right in the heart. No mercy, no waiting. Just, yep, that was your name. I don't ever, he, she never has to say it. Yeah, mercy does not exist in this dojo, does it, Arya Stark? No <laughs> sensei. It does not. Sweep the leg, Ari. Sweep the leg. <laughs> and, and if I... Okay, this This is where we get to the scene, the one scene that I loved it, but in retrospect of the whole episode, the one scene that I guess is a little I I maybe could have done without, but but I'm not complaining about it with the Jon Snow at the wall scene. We just get kind of a a quick rundown of the wall where Jon Snow is getting shit on. It's more of the same. Continue, continues to snow, the little cloud of snow over Jon's head yeah. at, while he's at the wall. Just it's, shit on snow. I mean, we, there's, not, there's not much here to talk about. Jon comes back. He gets he gets embarrassed in public. He's trying to help everybody Don't out. Put that dog away. Yeah, put that, that dog beast. away or we're going to eat it. And John, yeah. only only rapists and thieves are allowed to walk free, not beasts on four legs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. And John's trying to be like a smart guy, and he's like, "Listen, guys, they got giants. They got a hundred. Is it a hundred thousand men that they have? Yeah, it's a it's a hundred thousand men. Yeah, they, it's the largest army that has ever been seen. Yeah, it's it's huge. So John's like, let's let's block off the gates. You know, it's like the size of uh, I guess, uh, Cal Drago's army was about a hundred thousand men a hundred thousand riders i think it was supposed to be so uh, khaleesi's first husband so so snow has a good idea to seal the gates and uh what what's this guy's name what's the what's lord asshole's name the the, the acting commander uh, i don't know his name acting commander asshole acting titles, commander, titles titles title titles asshole. titles Castle. Guy that Jon Snow probably should get some comeuppance again. Right. It, this almost seemed like an, like out of Lethal Weapon, where uh, where where Jon Snow's the the uh, the the Maverick character there. Where there was like you, you and you and Sam Tully can go on traffic duty up at the up at the wall. You, yeah. Till till the next full moon. Till the next full moon. You guys are gonna be on traffic duty. You and your you and your wayward ways, you Stuart. You know, I'm gonna scale you back down to Stuart. It was like the the angry captain yelling at the uh, the 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 head guy. You know, the the wacky offshoot maverick soldier. But but basically, that's all that happens in this scene. It's it's this guy's dumb and he's causing and and somebody he's jealous. He's petty and he and he's scared of the John John Snow's a threat. He's smart. He's a fighter. He's charismatic. He's and someone and someone needs to get there to take charge of this situation. So, because this guy's a dumbass and isn't doing what's best for the rest of Westeros. Someone needs to step up and get their ass there to handle some business. And we and to, because there's a lot of serious shit happening at that wall, and it may be a little bit like I wanted to go on with what this next scene's gonna happen, but the wall's becoming more and more important and what's gonna be happening and coming there with the White Walkers and this army of wildlings. This isn't anything Absolutely. to just frown about or and to be like, oh, don't worry. We, we, I gotta use this as an excuse to, to whip out my penis and show that it's bigger than Jon Snow because all the ladies watching the, watching the show wanna do him and I'm jealous or whatever this guy's deal is. Give it up, buddy. 
Well, he wants command. He I know he does. And he's the, afraid of Jon Snow. Oh, Jon Snow talking shit. You got to remember, too, Jon Snow's uncle was there at the wall with him before Jon Snow gets there. So there might be even more bad blood between Brandon Stark and and this guy from that we don't know about. Maybe they were at odds. So there's more going on. Yeah, but, but I do like that tends to be happening with this with the season in particular with all this off book stuff is they're telling the stories that haven't been told. Like certainly there's a there's quite a few Arya chapters in the book which tell of some things that went on, um, and these things that are off book are just other days in the months that they were traveling together, or the weeks that they were traveling together. Mm-hmm. And I really like it. I think it's I think it's very creative. Oh God! So so we get after that scene, we get to well back one more thing on the wall. I I guess I just think that this guy, it, it, regardless of his problems with Jon Snow and wanting leadership and all, I I think it he's being completely blind to the real problem here. And of course, he's a dink. And he's gonna get stabbed in the throat by Man's Raider. Is all is what's gonna so. happen. He, de- nice. he deserves to be stabbed in the throat by Man's Raider by someone, by or have his eaten by a ghost instead. Get that dog in the cage. Ghost doesn't like to be... Nobody puts ghost in the corner. <laughs> speaking of... Uh, speaking of Patrick Swayze, I don't know, he'd be a perfect brawn back in the day. No, oh, yeah. I, I, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When, when Patrick Swayze would be a brawn... No, I'm kidding. I don't think that's a good pull of shit. Uh, that would be horrible. Oh, my God. That would be horrible. So we go to... We go to... We can get, we can get Sam Elliott to do something with him, too. It would be yeah. awesome. Yeah, Sam Elliott as, Ty, as Tywin. It would be like a Roadhouse reunion. Roadhouse Game of Thrones. Oh God, we're on to something here. <laughs> so, so we... Jennifer, Jennifer the Gray. <laughs> <laughs> so we go to Tyrion. I, I this coming scene, I bet broke a lot of people's heart. I, again, this was something I knew that was coming, so I had almost set myself up for realizing that this was going to be happening. And something I talked about a lot in the last year when we talked about the show, how likable they made uh, Braun on the show and how likable they made in some ways Shay on the show and to have these betrayals happening to Tyrion, uh, especially with Braun. But I think they played it great because they played it as friends. And so, so, and they played the underlying sadness of it all is that Tyrion, you know, basically it's all laid out here. And this is what finishes it off that everything that Tyrion, everyone Tyrion trusted, everything that that he held dear, you know, Shay, even Jamie, because Jamie doesn't have a hand and can't stand for him anymore. Do you think uh, even Braun, everybody that he loved and trusted was bought and paid for? And there was no actual friend. Now, now that's an interesting question. Uh, do you think that Jamie would have fought for him if he didn't have the hand? Would you? Would Jamie? Yeah, I do think he would have. I do think he would have stepped in because I don't think that uh, Tywin would allow Cersei to pick um, Gregor in that case. But I think Cersei would still try to because she's mad at Jamie right now too. Yeah, yeah. So for not being, for not being in King's Landing, for getting captured, and not being able to protect his son and protect her from the little imp and sending away their daughter she's... and all the little damage and killing and all this that. The little imp is done, you know? She's so selfish. She only thinks about herself in every situation. Yep. And she only thinks about her, like, ridiculously warped agenda. Cersei is the most evil person in pretty much around right now. There's there's no doubt about that. And, yep. and Cersei set the situation up in the trial and the fight. And by picking, by picking uh, the mountain, it is... 
it's just setting you up in a horrible, it's setting him up in a horrible situation because no one wants to fight the mountain. It's beyond anything else. It's it and it gets into it, and we'll get into the scene a little bit more in depth. But it, Braun even says it. I'm not fighting that guy. What are you? Yeah. What are you kidding me? I'm not. I'm not fighting him. So so Tyrion. Like, you, you, he comes in. He says, "You once told me if anybody tries to buy me against you, that you, and make me betray you, that you would give me twice what I've gotten." You know, and he comes in dressed in fine silks yep. and. He's talking about getting married to this. To Loras Stockworth. Right. And, uh, you know, even though she's not the heir, he'll just kill the older older bag. (laughs) Yep. Sister. And what what logical plan. Can you give me two castles and two wives? You can't do that. You can't even give me one. He'll give him gratitude and gold, Joe. Is that enough? Castle, castles and wives and titles. If you just push a woman down a moon, down a moon, <laughs> moon door, does this castle have a moon door? Do the Stockwell, Stockworth you know, have so a moon door? It, and it makes you wonder if this is what he's gotten. If he's gotten all this from Cersei, you know, he hasn't. It, and it's what was what did he give up to to get all this? I mean, he's not testifying. He didn't testify. So what did he do? Shea. It was he gave probably her to not testify, or he gave her was hand man. Or they gave, he gave her he gave her Shay, he 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 told them where to find Shay, where he or probably right. where he probably dropped her off and all that sort of stuff, and, and you get the feeling like Braun does feel bad, but he he's got a point here, and it, well, it did take three days to show up. He did take three days because he he probably felt bad about walking through that door and telling him he fucked him over, and it gets just understood or it's assumed that it was Cersei that that did all this you think tywin had anything to do with this or this was all cersei's baby oh tywin this seems more like a tywin thing this is this is a little too smart cersei would just be like let's torture him until he tells us what we need to do like this is a this is a tywin move right here she would she would rather him be on on the stand breaking the little man's heart before they finally kill him than anything else i'm guessing that cersei was the emissary of this of of said it because because uh Braun does make reference to because uh Ty- Tyrion's like listen I'll give you my gratitude Lannister always pays his debts and he's like well Cersei's a Lannister too <laughs> and she's, yeah so well she's, you don't maybe he's and he goes my wife is my wife is the the heir to Winterfell yep. I may I may lead the north one day and uh Braun's like it's cold up there <laughs> He goes. He goes. Uh, have sex with a uh, a, a a lady in a, a warm area, here. or fight the mountain and maybe live where it's cold. Uh, sorry, Tyrion. I like you, but I'd yeah, be a- given the choice. You'd have your little cock out in a second instead yeah. <laughs> of cock out like yeah, in a second. That's what he said to him. Yeah, and and he goes. And Tyrion tries to tries to. It tries to forward failing him, like like you're like man to man, mano y mano. Are you what are you afraid of the mountain? Yo, what are you you're not gonna want to fight the mountain? And and Broad's just like, yeah, of course I'm afraid of him. Have you seen that guy? Hey yo, hey yo, mano y mano. No, what the fuck's mano y mano anyway? But he but he's like seriously, like I'm not fighting that guy. Look at him, he looks like a rock. I'd be a fool if that guy didn't scare. And he's like, he's huge, and he's quick for a man that size. You know, he's like, I know, he's freakishly huge. He's, fre- he's freakishly strong, and he's freakishly quick for someone yeah. that size. You wouldn't think it by looking at him, but yeah. he's like, maybe I could beat him. But if I, but if I have one mid misstep and I'm dead, why should I risk it? And Tyrion yeah. goes, because you're my friend. And he goes, uh, and. And what you're my friend, you're my friend. When have you ever risked your life for me? And it's worth saying that 
that that bronze fought for him in battle braun protected him at the eerie and it's all paid for it's all paid for for. Tyrion gave him money but would Tyrion put his life on the line for braun and i'm not sure he would well i mean maybe he i don't know yeah, you, you know, you're, and Tyrion says, is kind of looks down. He's like, you know what? You might be right. Yeah. But then again, you know, Tyrion was out there fighting the fight on he, the Blackwater. He was. Just like Bronn. Bronn was. was too, you know, but so he knows that it, given the right circumstance, Tyrion's put his life on the line for good. No, I agree. I agree. I just don't think that Tyrion would go into a situation. I think Tyrion's too smart just like Bronze too smart. Tyrion raised Bronn to be too smart here of like, Bronze like, I, I'm not going to really beat this guy. And it's either take all this awesome stuff that you raised me better than this Tyrion. You, it, you would, as he said, you'd pull your little cock out in a second Tyrion. You take this, you tell me to take this. And, right. and I, I think, and that's ultimately where Tyrion ends here uh, because, because he says, I yeah. like, I like yeah. you, you little shit. And Tyrion's like, you're an evil bastard. Or I forget exactly what he says. And he goes, that's, that's what I liked about you. That's why we're so close. And then they have the whole, you have good, some good times. We had some good times. And Bronn says, sorry, like five or six or seven times and definitely looks upset. And, uh, and Tyrion goes, uh, I guess I'll have to kill the mountain myself. And, uh, there'll be a great song about it. And, uh, and, and Bronn says, I, I look forward. I hope to hear that song one day, my friend. And, and that's where we leave Bronn. And I'm, I'm now, sh- isn't that a pretty picture? The mountain versus the imp. Yeah, David versus Goliath. <laughs> serious, serious stuff going on there. Should he, should he use a slingshot? <laughs> would that be his best, best chance in that fight? Oh, that would be, that'd be awful. That with the, but the, you know, the mountain's not the type of guy that wouldn't just smash him with one slice of the sword. He wouldn't be like, you know, I can't fight a little guy. The mountain would just be like me, smash nope, you. He would come out and he would step on him. Yeah, it's a, it's a good fight. I think a lot of people are probably feeling similar. To the way they felt about Shay, about Braun, uh, uh, about him, cro- him crossing this line. But I think, I think, ultimately, as hard as it is, Braun did the Braun did what's best for Braun. Yeah, no, their their whole relationship has been Braun laying his life on the line for Tyrion and being paid for it. And Braun lays it straight out for him and says, "Listen, that's the way it is." Yeah, sure. And he he even says, and I think Tyrion understands and knows where he's coming from. Yeah. And doesn't have a problem with it and still thinks of Braun as a friend. Uh, even as he's walking out that door, I think they even have a, 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 a more powerful respect for each other. Tyrion doesn't like get on his knees and start swearing at him and, you know, you're betraying me and all this. He says, you know what, you're right. Go, go yeah. guilt free. He's being a friend. He says, okay, you're right. I'm not going to make you put your life on the line. I'm not going to try to talk you into it anymore. You're right. And they shake. You know, and I think that, uh, Ron was stand up for even showing up and for saying all that stuff to him. Mm-hmm. And he put it out. He laid it out there straight. You know, that he was being a good friend to Tyrion. There's no reason we should both die in the next 24 hours. <laughs> like, Fighting the mountain certain death. Yeah, it is certain <laughs> death. The mountain is death. So we do have some comments here. I, uh, we have uh, all comments pending approval. Yeah, I don't know. I've tried to shut that off during the live chat of the comments pending approval. YouTube comments are all messed up. So uh, Chris Chris Hatton says, planning on reading the books this summer. Believe me, it's painful not knowing, but it's still completely enjoying the series from the point of view of a watcher. Mountain goes down. 
So, uh, so I'm, I'm hope to see the mountain crumble. Yeah. As, I when mean, mountains crumble to the sea, right, baby. <laughs> I mean, we definitely, definitely, I mean, the end of the episode, as we find out who's going to be fighting the mountain, I, I think if he's the perfect person to fight the mountain, cause he of has course. real, we'll get, we'll we, talk about that. Let's a get later. to that. We'll get to that. Yeah, we'll, we'll get, get to that, that. because now I gotta say that the Aria thing started to set me up. And this Braun thing really started to really get me there. But there's another scene coming up. I started bawling at one point. You know, I was pretty touched this episode. Yeah. So, let's, like... so let's get through Daenerys here uh, in, uh, in the, in the uh, Melisandre stuff. So, uh... oh, yeah, that, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so we go, oh, my God. so we go to Daenerys. No, hold on. Hold on. We, we, we go from, we go from, we see Danny, right? And, and Dario, it's like it, right in on Danny walking in on Dario with the flowers. Is that how it starts? And like immediately you're like, all right, we're going to get some Danny tit. <laughs> nope. We yeah. get Melly tit instead. Yeah. yeah, we got a lot. Dari ass and then Melly tit. I was very disappointed with the with the nudity in this in this episode. I got to say that straight out. <laughs> It wasn't pretty. <laughs> it was it was real life. It was like real life nudity. It was uh, not. <laughs> I don't know about you, but there aren't many male asses in my my real life nudity. Oh, you don't get you go to the gym. Come on, you're at the gym all the time. Yeah. And you've seen a Tom Cruise movie before. <laughs> I'm in the locker room. Yeah, right. The gym's not nude. The locker room is though. the locker room. So we go to Daenerys. I want a new gym. That's what I want. Yeah. <laughs> So we go to Daenerys and Marine, and uh, Dario comes come, comes in through the bathroom window. No, he comes in and he says, uh, "Your your doors are guarded, but your windows aren't." And he swam to the islands to get her flowers. And if she wants him in her room, she will summon him. He lives to serve her. <laughs> and why are you here? And he has two talents: war and women. And he says, "Staying in Marine's a good idea, but uh, he can't just stay here." Uh, He's, his talents are going to waste. And she's like, there's plenty of people to kill here and there's thousands of women for you to handle. Yeah, he's be, he's a security guard. He's like, he's a night cop right now. Yeah. Night that, shift policeman. That's not a job for the Second Sons. They're bored with that. So, yeah. But really what he wants is just one thing. He wants a little bit of the Khaleesi. He wants a little taste. He wants something that Jorah will never get. And, he, and his sword is her forever. And, uh, and, and Danny's sitting there considering, she's thinking, she's in a mood, her, her, uh, her translator's not around, so she's like... Oh yeah, she's playing with him a little bit, she's teasing him, so you shouldn't have come here, don't ever bring me flowers, if I want you, I'll summon you I'll summon to you. me, you don't crawl through my window. And yeah, but yeah, she doesn't send him away. No, and then she pulls on the Khaleesi, uh, she pulls out the whole Khaleesi vibe, and she pours him a little bit of wine. No, 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 she does not. No, no, she pours herself, sorry, she pours herself wine. And then it turns, I expected the stripper music to start because it turned into a, <laughs> yeah, a strip club. Essentially, it did. Danny started pulling out dollar bills, and she was throwing dollar bills at, Dar at New Dario, and New Dario <laughs> stripping down. Do what you do best. Do what you do best. Show it, show me it. Show me the Matthew McConaughey. Show me the magic mic. And, uh... And we get the we get the ass shot of uh, Dario of uh, of new Dario, and it's new Dario showing his best side because because uh, and his, his the big dimpled cheeks. Yeah, the the million dollar figure, the, the million dollar smile. Yeah, the million dollar smile of uh, new Dario. So so because we needed to get that like wonderful taste out of our mouth, we flash over to Stannis. Uh, well, to, well, well, to I Melisandre, think it, I mean, he's begging to either go 
go uh he wants to leave he doesn't want to be the night's watchman so he asks right. her to, to to get out of to get Marie. out of there yeah it, and it's, so she starts mulling that but instead of saying go do it she says go do what you do best and is very suggestive about whether or not he should walk out or mm-hmm. take her on the bed and he has to think about it for a second like huh and she says take off your clothes like what are you waiting for, dude? When what the, are you waiting for? When the mother of drag Ray, when the mother of dragons tells you to take your clothes off, you say yes. You don't even. She shouldn't have to tell you. Yeah. She shouldn't have to yeah. tell you. And this is the first time I finally agree with you. I want old Dario back, the guy that cuts off heads and brings him and throws him down at her feet. Not the guy who says, "I don't know. Should I take my clothes off? I yeah. swim and got you flowers." You, you, you know, old Dario would have stripped so much quicker, and he would have done a little dance. You know, you know. Come he on. He did swim again. He did not. Those flowers were in perfect perfect condition. Sure. He sure. swam. I don't know how many times we swam out to the boat with cigarettes above our head <laughs> yeah we've, we've done that. that's no big deal a lot of a whole way out there anything that you could guy can do to get vagina especially the mother of the mother of dragons <laughs> yeah it's it's a long trip down that sea it's katie it's a long trip down that sea one does not merely pick flowers one swims a mile <laughs> to pick those flowers but uh, but i know nothing john snow i know nothing so we go, so going from new dario ass we needed we needed to transition to something a little bit more exciting so we transitioned to melisandre taking a bath Right from Dario ass to Melisandre boob. Yeah. And now I'm not one to scoff at any boob. Those are very nice boobs. Yeah, Melisandre. But I wanted some Danny. Yeah. Watch season one. Everybody wanted some Danny. Come on. Watch season one. I mean, it's plenty over there. It's it's it's. So that's it. No more Danny. Seven more years. No more Danny. She's the mother of dragons, man. No more Danny. I I challenge. I challenge the internet (laughs) to splice in a Drago f scene. In that in that spot and post it for everybody because you know Dario <laughs> needs to learn how it's done. Yeah, Dario was lacking. She's used to she's... Needs instructional video like she had from Drago's and and right she had a trainer. It looks like Dario must too. Yeah, Dario. She needs to hire someone. She needs to get someone someone in there to work. Dario, get get him with like some wild hire a Klingon woman to get in there and teach him something. Klingon woman difficult. So finally we get to. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, get, we get to Melisandre and uh, Stannis' wife, uh, Selesi, whatever her name is, Stannis' wife. And, uh, uh, and, we'll just call her. Uh. And basically in this scene, uh, Melisandre is kind of man, not manipulating her, but just telling her, showing her how she manipulates oh, other people. Big time manipulating her, absolutely but, manipulating But she's her. also showing her, she's, she's pulling back the uh, magician's cloak for a little bit and showing her how they how not necessarily the Lord of Light isn't real, but how some of the some of the tricks she does happen. Yeah. She shows them a lot it's of potions. Okay. It's okay, sweetheart. You're special. That's why I fucked your husband. <laughs> and I thought it was interesting that the camera panned down when she's like showing her a potion about like convincing men to have sex with her and, and she post and the eyes of Stannis's wife goes right, right to Melisandre's ass. And we get like the we, we get there's it was interesting. Like the director of this episode really wanted two straight ass shots because we got one straight ass shot of Melisandre, one of Nudario. It was it was it was hard not to notice. Someone's got yeah. Someone's got a little backdoor fetish. Yeah, going on. maybe there's a ex proctologist in the I, editing suite. I, I gotta say too, Melisandre. <laughs> She's looking good. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt about that. No uh, doubt the about priestess. Yes. No, the Lord of Light's been good to her. It's it's like yes, a workout yes. program. It's it's put her on. You should, you should see the before and after pictures with Melisandre before the Lord of Light. <laughs> after it's it's a it's a wonderful workout program. 
<laughs> you're in the hot climate you sweat a lot you shed those pounds it's really, lord of light does wonders light 90x like <laughs> i like that light, light 90x that, that's a good one <laughs> i like that so uh so basically this whole scene leads up to uh to melisandra manipulating her because melisandra needs the daughter to come the this this uh the mother Sanus's wife really does not like the daughter uh does not want the daughter to come with them on their mission and and Melisandre's like no your daughter needs to come she's she's important she's going to be important in the mission and uh yeah very it, ominously too like she's she tells her, she, her yeah. something because she's only been talking about killing fucking king's blood relatives of Stannis and all that and the little drops imagine what those little drops did imagine what this whole little girl's blood could do absolutely and she also tells her in the scene that you are strong enough my queen to look upon the fire no tricks for you you can actually look yeah sure like that wasn't a trick too like <laughs> yeah, the, like bullshit, come, bullshit. come on come on way to go Melisandre you know, do you think she's also thinking they're like you threw the flame one in just before you had everybody cheer about my uncle die <laughs> this is what this chick's like one of those uh like a dog when you're like fake throwing the ball and she just runs it's like it's like oh, <laughs> oh, oh, no, Sandra, no, <laughs> oh god she just i don't know if she's more upset that stannis did her or that this woman hasn't let her do her yet i mean yeah 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 there was definitely a good vibe of that too that she was definitely wasn't just jealously the jealously or whatever she was jealous yeah of stannis not of melisandre she wanted to be the one to give melisandre not yeah her lord of darkness act the little dark demon that you know emerged from her lord of light regions oh we have we have a couple more interesting uh questions uh that was so multi multi uh dimensional so multi-leveled made me sick great episode dorn has the best weed yes dorn does have the best weed clearly <laughs> Overon was smoking something seriously that's because they got all the good sunlight yeah it's real really good area yes the water fountains to keep the to keep the hydration flowing <laughs> and that's, that's for... why they get the great grapes there too you know that's from uh, Chris Hatton. Uh, Ren Renwood says the best acting Aiden has done. He made me believe that o that only women had ever loved was Catelyn. Yes, yes, I agree. Uh, Littlefinger really made. I, I think if one thing was very clear from the end of this episode is that <laughs> is that Littlefinger only loves Catelyn. Uh, yes, Arya Pack has left her. Uh, the guy's name is Alistair Thorne. Yes, his name is Alistair Thorne. Thank you very, thank you very much, yeah. Ren. Thorne, yep. Thorne, yep, Thorne. Uh, so yes, I'm sorry if I'm getting some of the comments late. I um, haven't quite figured out this uh, how the YouTube comments set up. I'll work on it over this week, so I'll make sure we're okay when we get back uh, from break. Anyway, so back to the episode. Let's go. Keep your comments coming. Awesome, guys. Uh, Dario and Jora. So, so Dario's coming out of the bedroom doing the walk, the morning walk of shame, and George, <laughs> George showing up like the the wannabe boy from the best friend. Like, she, whoops! She told me to go before you got here. Yeah. She said you were coming at nine, dude. Yeah. It's only eight thirty. Yeah, she she planned that. She wanted Jora to see him. She wanted to be like, listen, Jora, you know you ain't getting any. She no. She to says that she says to Jora, hey, you're early today. Yeah. Do you think she realized? I mean, she. She's smart enough to realize that Jorah is in love with her, right? Do you think? Oh, of she... course. He didn't. He kiss her before. Yeah. I think he tried to kiss her before, and and Dario makes the comment as they walk by in the hall. Oh, you're here to see Khaleesi. 
You're lucky she's in a good mood. Yeah, I did my job. I did my job. Why does the woman in a good mood send someone off to go kill, you know, a thousand people? Yeah. Listen, listen, Dario, you don't do your job that well. (laughs) You're like. It reminds me of the Barney episode with the cougar. He tries to go tame the cougar. Yeah, and he just keeps failing. Yeah, he just keeps failing. It's like, listen, this girl's used to a Dothraki warrior. You're nothing, Dario. You're you're small potatoes, buddy. <laughs> you you pleased her so well. You showed her what you were best at. She was like, get the get the hell out of Marine. Yeah. Go back over to Karth or wherever the hell I'm sending you. Yeah, uh, gu- oh. uh, Gun Kyle. And uh, ba- basically, she tells Jor that she's sending the second sons of Yunkao and. And they're going to kill all the masters or take back the city and then slay all the masters. Jorah says, if all slave, former slave masters were killed, Ned Stark would have killed me and I wouldn't be able to be your advisor. Think about sparing them. Well, yeah, they had, a, they had a good exchange. There was like a tit for tat. And he does a great job convincing her to, yeah. to and change she, her mind. Yeah, and she sends that guy that came to beg for her father to be cut, his father to be cut down off of the pike to go with Jorah or to go with the second sons to Yunkai and give the masters the choice now to either change their ways or suffer the fate that his own father suffered in Marine and all the masters in Marine suffered that she won't be playing around that's either no slaves or you will all die yeah and and uh she and this is where I got a little confused in the scene I actually had to watch this a couple of times does does Jorah make his point does she say forget it don't kill the slave masters is that is that no, the no 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 yeah well that's just it she says she says you changed my mind tell tell uh dario that, that i've sh- changed my mind yeah. and then she says no wait don't tell him that i've changed my mind tell, tell him that you-, you changed my mind and that's why she's sending that other guy with him with the second sons because she wants to make the point that she won't kill them but if they don't listen to her, she will kill them. So she does bend to Jorah and she sees the wisdom in what Jorah is saying because she does value his opinion and he was a slave trader. And if Ned Stark did that to him, he would not be, he there, would not be there to, to advise her or to advise others. To and he, and he does a good job of saying, you know, there's, there's, there's good and evil on both sides of every war, which is what that guy was saying to her last week too in her chambers. Listen, my dad fought against them doing that to the slaves he said it was an illegal act he spoke out against it but yet you still have him up on that spike and so i think she's starting to learn that there is it's a, it's character growth and character development for danny and she's learning how to be a ruler and she's learning that it can't just be that one path that she's going to give people this choice of their own to decide I, whether or not I, she's going to kill them. i couldn't agree with you more and i think that said that scene said so much about her as a leader where in the last couple of weeks we could have seen that maybe she was going in the wrong direction of crazy Targaryen. This showed that she really does listen to her advisors. And, and when Jorah makes good points, she takes it and knows how to rule. She's a, she's learning and she's becoming a good leader or at least it, there's it's no point to have an advisor. If you don't let them advise you, um, Chris Hatton, uh, like to add time has been good to the goddess, but you don't tease me with the mother of dragons and then go, go to old, butt. however, that's what I'm saying. How However, those tiny nipples may have been nice. Daddy got mad. So, oh yeah, and they they were facing the ceiling. If I'm 
not mistaking, not the floor. That being said, if we're going to get completely superficial here, Danny was in that Jorah scene. Was, was, <laughs> but they looked like breeding hips. Danny was wearing a very cute, a very hot outfit. That was that, that was that was pretty sexy with the uh, the belly showing. And it's a new, obviously, the new Danny cosplay for the year. <laughs> they, oh yeah, they need to introduce Danny a new Danny cosplay and and some good Melisandre cosplay for yeah. all those showing up at the pop culture fest. Yeah, they, they definitely they definitely needed to to add a few more costumes this year in this episode with Danny. They just put Danny in the new outfit for, yeah, we got to put Danny in a new outfit. So after this scene um, with, with um, Stannis and uh, Melisandre, we go, and then the Dario and Jorah interaction and Danny and Jorah, we go to the Hound fixing his bite wound. And, uh, and Arya is saying you need to cauterize it with some fire. And he says no fire, and he freaks out. And we get the whole hound being freaked out about the fire. She, but she learns something here, too. But she's really trying to, she's really trying to help him. I'm, I'm like really she, surprised with how much she, she seems to care about him. And, well, no, no, she is trying to help him, absolutely. You know, there's, she's still, yeah, she's young, right? And, this is a, and there is something to be said about Stockholm Syndrome. This dude's beat her. This dude's dragging her. She's seen her her brother and mother beheaded in, in front of her or dragged through the streets of where of towerville I, i'm not condoning beating <laughs> i'm not condoning beating girls but the couple of times he's knocked her out it was for her own good the couple like 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 he knocked her out to not go into the red wedding he put he hit her like like i'm not condoning hitting Arya stark but with the, when the hound's done it it was for for her, the greater good yeah and and she's trying to help him, and she uh, tried to cauterize, and she says, at least let me, uh, it's going to get infected. Uh, it's a big chunk. The bite's a huge chunk. And uh, and he's like, thanks to you, I'm I'm worth a bag of silver. Everyone's trying to get me. I've been cut, stabbed, and bitten. No reward's worth this. I've never laid eyes on you. Uh, and- right, I wish I never saw you before. Yep. And the thing the thing is, like I said before, she's softening him up. She is essentially Brienne to Jamie, you know, softening Jamie up mm-hmm. the way Brienne did is exactly what Arya did to the Hound. And just like he tells Sansa in previous season, he tells her now exactly what the mountain did to him and how he got those burns on his face. Yeah. And she learned something when she picked up that 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 uh, torch basically out of the fire and went to go cauterize his neck. He jumped up and freaked out. You know, that's. That's something else that she just learned, something very personal she learned about the Hound. And, you know, as we saw earlier when the Hound showed her where the heart was, that could be something she uses against him. Yep. And and the story was that he was playing with one of the one of the mountain's toys. The mountain thought uh, he was he stole it. And he took his head and he put his head into the fire and the pain was bad, but the smell was worse. And the, but the worst thing was that it was my brother that did it. And dad protected him, told everyone that his bedding caught on fire. Well, and it was this, and it was the fact that he started talking about her sword. Your brother gave you that sword. Well, my brother gave me this scar, very different family dynamic. And he obviously I mean, that just shows you, like, he's thinking about how she was raised, like, and the differences between her and him. And he's, she's definitely doing a number on this guy's head. Yeah. And, and she says, uh, let me wash it and sew it at least. And you see that she, and again, I, I think it's, you know, the main interesting thing too at the end here is, was just, I just think it's, it's interesting how nice she's being to him right now. It, I think you're right about the Stockholm syndrome, but, uh, 
she seems to be really they seem to be growing a reasonable affection for each other beyond just a mutual respect right? a mutual respect I, I think there's also um you know aria sees him as a tool as well at this point yeah they, um, as much it, as he sees her as ransom and money to get the hell off of westeros she, she sees them as like bug spray they're to keep tools, it. yeah yeah they're both <laughs> tools for each other yeah one's a tool to money and the other is the mount the mountain the hound is one of the better fighters in westeros and she's out there and he's out there basically protecting being aria's bodyguard as much as a kidnapper so so she's she could be in a she could be in a worse position so we go to yeah. after this Podrick and Brianna eating pie. Brianna oh, eating pie. I love this. I love this. I love this. <laughs> They've been digging ditches at night. So uh, sleeping so, in ditches, sleeping, sleeping in, in ditches. ditches for many for the last bunch of nights in a row, and they're going to treat themselves to a meal that's not cooked by Podrick and a nice feather bed. But you got to feel bad for Podrick a little bit, having to grown to living with Tyrion because he can't even get drunk here. Brian's like, "Don't drink. You're not allowed to get drunk." And yeah, yet, no drinking and don't expect any bed linens, any any nice linens. Yes, let's do satin clothes or whatever. Yes, say. my lady. No, my lady. Good kidney pie, my lady. And walking over is another old friend bringing the kidney pie. It's the it's the kid from season one he was in or was it season two? And he's a companion with her through season two, getting dragged north to the wall to the to the black by uh Yorin, I believe was his name. Yeah, and and this guy, and this guy, I I remember him. I remember him cooking uh, the bread, and the bread was really good. And he got sold by the uh, what, what was the name of that group that that had kidnapped? Arya talks about it a little bit later. Later when, uh, or he talks about it a little bit later when he mentions them outside, and he starts talking the ear off about food, about gravy. You don't, you don't, you don't have a pie without gravy, Joe. Right. <laughs> you don't no pie with no gravy. And, so this was this was super reminiscent of the books. He lists off all the ingredients that go into it yeah. and what it takes to make this pie. And some people would use this and other people would use that. But you know, you really have to wait for the good ingredients. This was so reminiscent of the book and how many times you listen to George R. R. Martin describe things in such detail of what people are eating at, as for feasts yeah. and everything. And you can see it. And every time I got to one of these scenes, which were which were great in the book, I was like, oh no, another 35 lists. Of food ingredients that literally goes on forever, and Brian had the same expression on yeah, her face. She did. She yeah, she did. I talk about it. She, Brian was amazing in this scene. It's just the way that this actress plays this character so earnest and so stupid in some ways. And Pod's just watching her, having again grown up with Tyrion for a while, like just looking at how this girl, like, thank God she left King's Landing because she wouldn't have survived two days with all those. Oh, it very much so. I've said it before, it reminds me of uh. Pancho and um and Don Quixote, you know. And Brienne's just comes straight out and says, "I'm looking for Sansa Stark." Yeah, that's what I'm looking for. The, you know, the Starks from Winterfell. And this guy is programmed. He's like, "Yep, they're all traitors. No traitors here." And, and he jumps up to try to run away. <laughs> with like, away. "Nope, acting casual." Yep, 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 must go get more pie. You want more pie, don't you? <laughs> and Podrick goes. At, Podrick brings her outside. Goes, listen, Brienne. You know the you know the Lannisters are rich. 
And she's like, yes, I know the Lannisters are rich. Do you know the Lannisters are looking for the Starks too? You think maybe we should keep that on the down low? Which is very smart. He's very smart about that. You know, be careful of who you say this shit to. <laughs> People are going to try to kill us, take our ransom monies yeah. and our, our bribery monies and stuff. He's like, I'm going to teach you something called the down low. It's when you <laughs> <laughs> And not that down low for those of you who are watching. Listen, Brian, if you're playing poker, you don't go, oh my God, I just got four queens dealt me in my hand you guys can't beat me you just don't say that come on is it good to have to have four of the same card yeah is it good is it good to have four of the same exactly is it good to have four of the same card and uh and they have uh and the so the kid runs out and and tells them and goes can i talk to you guys and brent's like as long as it's not about pie and uh and, and he's, he's holding he's holding what looks like a pie in his like hand something's wrapped hand. up from the kitchen obviously and he says he never met sansa but he does know Arya stark that she was dressed as a boy and basically tells their whole story of what we saw uh a couple seasons ago with them uh, but the quick the quick version of what happened with Arya, we get the tale uh and and tells basically leads up to tell her and pod that she's somewhere with the hound and that they're probably off to see Liza Aaron at the ear. Well, he doesn't say they're with the hound. Yeah, somewhere with the hound, but more so with the brotherhood. With the brotherhood, yeah. You know, he says, we were. I was with this guy, Yorn. He was dragging us to the wall. And then we got captured by time, the Lannisters, and we escaped them. And then we got captured by the brotherhood. And I got, I stayed here, and they took her and the hound north to go meet up with Caitlyn. But Ex she's dead. But she's dead. Happens exactly and she is and then pod says well th that's what happens pod says uh well he's such a smart guy <laughs> such a smart kid to calculate all this he's like well the well the hound would probably take her to the eerie because that's he'd know where liza is or if she was going to go anywhere she would go to the eerie because that's where her aunt is let's head that way Tyrion taught me what houses hate who and what houses are loyal to who so i think you should i think that's where we should go so it seems yep. like everybody, all our teams are, all our amazing race teams are. Oh wait, yeah, yeah! Here. Don't forget about the wolf cookie. He hands up the pack, the, yep. the little package, yep. and when they uncover it, it's a, it's a loaf of bread that Arya really liked. The last she, one that she she said made it was for tasty, her. very tasty. And it was a perfect little wolf house Starks symbol. Awesome. It was awesome. It really, I that was very I sweet of crying. That was I very sweet was so of him. Great. It was very sweet of him to do that. That that was, yeah. and he's gotten much better too. It, it, it's much better than the last one. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's got a real kitchen. He's not doing it on like the side of, in, on a cook campfire, you know, on a rock. Yeah, he's got a talent though. He's got he's got a, he's got serious talent. This kid. He's got a he's got a future in in a Westeros Hell's Kitchen. He's gonna open up. Uh, what is it? Uh, Le Cordon Bleu Westeros. Westeros. Yeah. I I I just did the Hell's Kitchen Westeros thing. We're covering them both ends. <laughs> Gordon Ramsay will be like, this, this bread is fucking raw. It's fucking raw. <laughs> so, so we go to, go to Tyrion and Tyrion is sitting in the dark and finally Oberon, Oberon, Oberon I'm sorry, the Red Viper makes his visit and uh, 
Tyrion says he would think he would be in a brothel uh, smoking that smoking that Dornish weed. And uh, he's like, no, nah, you know, I've, I've been spent all day with a blonde. Yeah. <laughs> oh, do tell me about yeah, it. Do tell, tell me about tell it. Tell me about this blonde. Yeah, I get every type of filth down here except the filth I like. Yeah, Jeez, tell me about the blonde. Tell me, shoes guy, what is it? Yeah, and he says, oh, it was with Cersei. And he goes, oh, oh. you got the wrong Lannister, brother. Yeah, you, got the long, <laughs> you got the wrong Lannister. <laughs> you got the wrong Lannister, brother. My brother's in the other room if you want him. You want to tell him that story, so which he would have loved to hear. <laughs> so... <laughs> So Cersei approaches him and he basically tells Tyrion what Cersei talked to him about in the last episode and that uh, the the Viper saw right through this Viper saw right through that other Viper's tail. And he said he was impressed with how uh, how Cersei can hide her real emotion. He knows what she really wanted. She pretended to care about her daughter just because she he wanted she wanted to make sure I was on her side with uh, convicting you that, that I might have something in common with this Cersei. She seems to want Lannister's dead, too. <laughs> Which was an interesting line. He was using honest emotion dishonestly, yeah. which was something that was very uh, foreign to her. Yeah. It and uh, and the joy that, and Tyrion interjects that the joy she will feel when my head leaves my oh, neck. Oh, oh, she's going to be so happy. She She's going to be so excited. Could you turn me down just a little bit, Joe? Yeah, sorry. That's okay. And he said, and and Oberon says that I met you once before. And, uh, and Tyrion's like, no, I don't ever remember meeting you. And he said, yeah, I met you years ago. It was the first time I was away from Dorne. I visited Castle Rock and I hated everything. I hated everything I saw. Everything was. Oh, a- my God. Oh, my freaking God. It was dirt weed. We were used to this sticky, icky, icky stuff. Suddenly I'm smoking this brown stuff up in Castle Rock. It's horrible. I mean, it's bad women. I hated everything about the rock. And, Cold, but- damp. But what was his biggest disappointment? It was Tyrion. It was it was because the whole way up to to uh, from Dorne up to Tyrion's face through this this whole speech, it is amazing. Peter Dinklage is unbelievable. He doesn't have to say anything to command Oberon the scene. Is perfect when he describes this. Yeah, these two. This was and a lot of people have said it, but it's true. Oberon's been severely underused this season. And the last two episodes, we've gotten some serious time with him. And this actor is just unbelievable. He's off. He's bringing so much to the table. Unbelievable casting with this, this guy. This scene is definitely my favorite. Following the following the Brian and Podrick scene, which I thought was just an awesome scene as well. That And the Arya and the Hound stuff. And then this scene right here. It was like a, a triple punch to the gut of just amazing, amazing Game of Thrones. And then they, and then they just, and then they just like stab you twice at the end there with the ama- oh, okay. But oh we'll, 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 we're getting, we're almost there. We're almost there. So, so he says that the whole way up from Dorne to Castle Rock, there was all this talk about this crazy monster with a giant head, the small body, a monster and a claw, red eye, t- and two private parts. Which Tyrion said, "Wow, I wish I had two both, private parts." Both girl and boy. I wonder if that was a little slight at Nip Tuck being considering uh considering all the joke of the it's certainly reminiscent of for sure sure. and he said he just goes it would be uh it would be would have been easier he says every day we asked every day could we see the could we see the freak when we got there and every day cersei was like tomorrow tomorrow finally cersei and jamie brought me to see you and and you know you had a big head but no claw and just a small little pink cock just a small little Big head, little arms and legs, but just a baby, not a monster, yeah. a baby. As, as and uh, and Cersei goes, 
grabs your penis as hard as she could and squeezed it. I thought you were going to die. She squeezed it so hard until Jamie made right off until Jamie made her stop. And she said that I hope I, I hear he's going to die soon. I hope he dies soon because, because he killed my mother. This is the most disgusting thing. And you can see how disgusted Oberon was having witnessed it. Yep. And, it's this stuck you, stuck you to can him. see how disgusted Tyrion is hearing it but he knows like he may not remember this but he knows that this is not a lie yeah he knows this he knows happened Oberon is being fully honest with Absolutely. him and Oberon says to him too like like how could anybody have said these things about you you were just a baby yep sure little legs and little head which goes back to everything that Oberon has said before to Cersei we don't hurt little girls in in Dorne we don't do that like and, and leads you right back to what he says next about what they did to his sister and to those children of her his niece and nephew. Like you could see the disgust and and it's it's wonderful. It's absolutely amazing the way they that, that this was written when it was written by George R. R. Martin, it was brilliant. I loved reading this scene in the book and seeing this <laughs> done in the Game of Thrones. TV series is just absolutely Chris cool. Hatton adds, is it terrible that I still look forward to uh, Podrick rocking her world? Uh, certain elements of sexy and funny, sort of like Sylvester, uh, sort of like Sylvester Stallone. Uh, oh, sorry, the comments are moving. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone attempting to please Amazon Bridget Nielsen. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Chris Hatton, for making, my, making me laugh. Um, I want to go on record now as saying Brienne over Bridget Nielsen. I like Any to day. I like to thank uh, thank uh, uh, Ren Renwood and Chris Hatton for being active in the chat room tonight. I appreciate that, guys. Thank you very much. So uh, so at the end of this scene, we get to uh, we at the, uh, uh, Tyrion says uh, at the end of all this, sooner or later, Cersei always gets what she wants, and uh, and and as Joe was saying, Oberon says what he goes. What do you want? I want justice for my sister. And Tyrion's what about like, what I want? What about what, what I want? About what I want? What? When do I get what I want? And Tyrion's like, you, well, Joe, you've come to the wrong place, Joe. No, 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 no. <laughs> you've come I've to... come to the right place. Whoa. Everybody I want justice from is right here. I'm surprised. Right now. I'm surprised I didn't. I'm, I'm surprised I didn't figure this out. So I'm surprised Tyrion didn't figure this out sooner. Didn't just say right to him. Oh my God, you what? Because because did he mention he mentioned this earlier in the season to Tyrion? So Tyrion must realize that Oberon has a hard on for the mountain already so oh yeah everybody knows everybody knows he was he was he was so worried about Oberon coming to King's Land and he thought that Oberon might go ahead and just try, start killing everybody right then yeah. and there I can finally approve all those comments from last week's video of people saying don't worry everybody Oberon's gonna be the the champion but yes Oberon's the champion he says I've come to the perfect place I want to bring all that wronged me to justice and they're all right here and I'm going to start with the mountain who raped and killed my sister, raped and killed my sister. Uh, and I, I will be your goddamn motherfucking champion. Bam! Ooh, I just wanted the rock music, the ACDC, the chip, the, the hell's band, you know, right there. It was just like, oh, yes, this is on. He is the champion. Oh, I can't wait to see I can't wait to see this fight. This is the most anticipated fight in uh, Game of Thrones history, I think. This fight right here is uh, it's just really exciting. It's 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 a really it, it, because we know the lead up, even though we haven't had a ton of the Red Viper this year. We, we've had enough of every time he's been on screen reminding you of what the mountain did to his sister. And yep. 
and the mountain he's, he's is reminded us of it over and over and over again and andy's reminded us too that it was at the orders of the lannisters yep absolutely and it's tywin and we've been reminded a few times this year uh how horrible of a person the the mountain is so it just beyond that we've heard we've had uh we bumped into oh, a few people. aside from you mean him like dancing through the guts of the of the of the peons who were these people like these like flea bottom thieves or something that he was just hacking apart in yeah. like the courtyard of king's landing yeah the one guy sitting there begging on his hands and knees please don't kill me and he just with his battle axe cuts him in half like the horse head like he decapitates the horse in season one they were reject runners from the running man you know that, that weren't good enough <laughs> No, they're the winners. They're the winners. They're the winners from the running man. <laughs> yeah, they were just random guys, random like foot soldiers coming in for him. And, but we also met guys on the street, on the street. I keep saying the streets of Westeros, <laughs> the streets of we Grand Theft Westeros, uh, the, <laughs> the streets of Westeros. We bumped into guys uh, when that with the Hound earlier. The guys that the Hound killed in the uh, that work for the Mountain, and we got you're working for your brothers, a real son of a bitch. We've heard a couple comments from a couple people just to remind us about how big of an asshole the Mountain is, because because I don't think we we didn't. See see him that much last year if i remember correctly or this, this is probably the most we've seen him just with everything off like right there so, so i guess that's why he's one of those characters you can recast so many times and it's not as noticeable because we've never we've only seen him in armor before i think or right or, pretty much or heard rob Stark talk he had about his him. helmet off May, yeah he did when he was uh paying homage to like at the end of it all he took his helmet off and walked walked away when he was kicking his guy it's funny the last the first time we saw the mountain he was played a little bit more as a comedic figure like it was like bumble well, not bumbly but like the like freaking out being like an angry hothead he was definitely served more as like a cold-blooded killer killing force it, this mountain's more of a killing force rather than the other guy like like i couldn't see the hound putting up a good fight with this guy well the first time we see the mountain he almost decapitates that horse right and the hound puts up a, a fight like stops him from killing loris i think it was loris you know and then in season two we hear all the tales of him rape and pillaging the mountainside and and all this stuff which is originally why beric dondarian was sent out to go get the mountain and seize oh, all he of screwed the, rob uh, stark i mean we'll, we'll get that. into that in a later date but oh boy the fuck did he screw rob stark there yeah right <laughs> oh my rob god stark definitely screwed beric dondarian yeah. oh god so so anyway so we go to sit here we go to our last part of the episode to sansa being happy seeing the snow it's it's uh it's she it's, hasn't seen the snow since she left winterfell it's been no. a long time and a stark seeing the snow it just makes them happy it's uh we, she knows that in that in that very nice winter's coming not that harsh winter's coming the, oh winter's coming well, a definite reminder even though they're in the mountains is definitely a reminder that winter is winter coming. is coming and she built like i have to say an amazing freaking pants uh snow castle the, like this yeah, snow castle, a, a snow west, a uh, snow Winterfell, a snow Winterfell, yeah, a snow winter castle, yeah, a snow Winterfell. And this was it was beautiful. I mean, I gotta give this was awesome. Like she, this must have taken some time. Good, good yeah, for her. Yeah, it took some time. And, uh, and, there was, and there was still plenty of snow around, untouched too. Like she didn't. Where did how did she gather all that snow from? That's a good. <laughs> that is a good question. Did she? It didn't seem like it was snowing that much. She 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 did use a lot of snow. Do they have a snow machine in the basement of the Harry? <laughs> So, so a crazy Rob cousin Robin comes out behind her and goes, "What are you doing?" And she said, "I'm building building Winterfell. 
uh, where I used to live. Psycho. Why, why did you leave? Psycho boy. Uh, she left because she was forced to leave, and he stays there. I like to suck on my mommy's titty. <laughs> he stays there because he likes to suck on his mommy's titty, but he also likes to stay because he's the Lord of the Vale, and it's important to never leave. And he wants to know uh, because That's where the teat is. Because when you when you grow older, when he grows older and he becomes the true ruler of the Eyrie, he can throw anybody out the Any moon door. I want. I can throw any. Anybody out the moon door I want. Anyone that upsets me, he says. Anyone that upsets me, I can throw through the moon door. And he asks her if uh, if Winterfell has a moon door too. And she's like, no, not a moon door. I wanted her to say, no, not a moon door. My dad just chops off people's heads. Then yeah, he I wanted her to say that too. But she doesn't have anything to do with that. She only brought the he only would only bring the boys to do that. And Bran was even too young. Yeah, you know? yeah. Or it was right. Anyway. Catelyn was like, you're oh, he's almost too young. And uh, and when she grows up, she wants to make uh, he wants to make everyone fly. And and she's playing and she's playing really good here. She's knowing how to play to Robin. She's not she's not overdoing it. She's being nice to him. She doesn't correct him when he says when we're going to get married. She goes, he goes, when we're going to get married, I can bring all your enemies here and push them through the moon door. And he, she's like, I like that. That actually sounds nice. And and she gets a little bit whatever. And then he think he reads that she's happy with him. So he goes, oh, your castle, your castle doesn't have a moon door. Let me make one. And he kind of pokes a hole in one of the upper towers and she gets. She he does it. He tries to poke a little hole, but he ends up knocking the whole tower over. And this is where she just turns into this little like, I don't know, there's like no free like, yeah, he, he's a, reminding her very much of Joffrey yeah. and the hell that she just went through. But her reaction to this is he's a young kid he yeah forget the fact that he's crazy he's a young kid and young kids mess up and he said he goes i'm sorry i'll try to fix it and she goes when you try to fix things and you break it it means you ruined it stupid basically like right. talking about the you're just stupid you've already ruined it you breaking things and and you're you're right i didn't think about it at the time but you're absolutely right she's taking out all her hatred for joffrey on this kid and and, and especially but but this is where sense is not very smart She's already been threatened where to the point where the mother, the, this kid's mother, her aunt was hurting her a couple episodes and, and squeezing her hands and, and already accusing her of, of uh, screwing Baelish to go and smack him the way she did when he start after he just destroys the rest of the castle at that point, which was, according to her was already ruined. Yeah. Already ruined, already ruined. Cause, cause he seemed to, at first he wanted to help and she probably, which was probably a good lesson about if you break something, he has to help fix it, but she gets no. And, and he, so he stomps on it, which as Joe said, prompts her to slap him in the face, which he goes running off crying, apparently to tell his mom. <laughs> and, and right from the corner, watching it all is none other than Littlefinger, who goes, who, go, who she's like, oh my god, I hit him, and uh, he goes, you know, that's what his mom should have done years ago. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> great, 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 great Littlefinger episode. Oh my god, he was amazing tonight. And uh, and he said in a in a better, she basically he they kind of flirt a little bit or just talk back and forth a little bit. And yeah, I don't know if it was flirt a little bit. It was definitely talk back and forth. They talk a little bit, bit about. And she asks him straight out, "Why did you kill Joffrey? Why did you?" And he says, "I loved, I loved your mom more than anything in the world. I hope you really know that. And what do more we more than you could ever imagine? And what do we do to the ones to hurt the ones we that hurt the ones we love? 
what a great smile Sansa had after he said that too. And it, it's it's safe to say there is rumors that Littlefinger might have had something or some part or a finger in the Red Wedding situation. But I think there were some part of that Catelyn wasn't supposed to be killed as well. I think she was a, a maybe initially supposed to have survived that situation if Littlefinger had anything to do with it. Because you've got to think Littlefinger would not have wanted Catelyn dead at any cost. Because you really do. Again, if we learn one thing from this episode, is that little. Finger... You know, I don't think I don't think Peter Baelish had anything to do with the red. Did he have wedding. nothing to do with it? A, a, nothing. A big, a big, a big fuck up, as far as he was concerned, it messed with his plans. And uh, if I remember correctly, it's Tywin was just made those plans with Walder and the uh, the guy that likes to the Boltons, the guy that likes to flay people. Yes. Uh... And Bruce, I think he, it Bolton. was all done through prose and through other messages. I don't think Peter Baelish had too much to do. I with guess that. I just assume. I guess I just assume that if anything bad happens in Westeros, Peter Peter Baelish has a little finger in it. Has his little finger in it. Yeah, that's that's the the assumption I'm going by. But I but I'm pretty sure you are right. I I just thought I thought I he had some hand in it, but I am think I am absolutely wrong on this one. And he says he loved his mom more than you know it and hurt the ones he loves. In a better world where love overcomes all, you would be my child. But we don't live in that world. And then he tells her she's more beautiful than Catelyn ever was. And he forces a kiss. But she doesn't pull away, dude. She doesn't pull away. She liked it. Uh, I think she, she liked was, it. He, was, he, like, grabbed her head. But I, I think she she didn't. To me, the way, I'd have to watch it again. Uh, Lord knows I've been wrong before. But watching it the first time, my vibe was that she did not hate it. It wasn't like it, well, it definitely didn't appear to be any tongue in the kiss either. It, and it wasn't like she didn't have a reaction. Oh my God, what are you doing? Push you away, slap you. Reaction. She she leaned in. She did not like her body yeah. didn't. I thought he grabbed he her grabbed hand, her head, it. and pulled her in. Very, very. You remember what he did? We'll watch did it. Did he do the move? Did he do the move? Like the the dating the 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 grab the chin to kiss a girl move the, the <laughs> worst move you could ever do on a date like uh yeah it was it was a little creepy it was no doubt it was a little creepy I guess I'm more talking about Santa's reaction to it didn't be like oh my god what did you do you kissed me she just seemed a little like hmm okay you know like she didn't she, like she wasn't even she wasn't even thinking she let of, it happen but she definitely it i got the impression that she was creeped out by it she saw it coming and she was a little creeped out and she was kind of deer in the headlights she wasn't creeped out enough to think that that's what liza was upset about though you know oh yeah she's watching from the balcony she was on top of that liza saw that Liza, nothing which, li which makes you wonder did she see sansa smack as well but i think it's she funny wasn't surprised about it when she hears about it a few minutes later right but, but but i don't i think it's funny that sansa's first thought isn't that she might have seen the kiss or anything to do with the kiss that's why i'm saying like sansa's not thinking about it it's not on her mind because the next scene liza calls her in and says sansa come here uh come close to the moon door come on sansa come close yeah, to the moon I, well, door. that's what i i mean i think she was she was a little creeped out by the kiss she was a little freaked out by yeah, it no i agree but i don't think she thought of it in a romantic way i think she thought of it as like you know I think she was trying to think of it as it was more of a comforting thing that he kissed her. She didn't kiss him. She has no feelings behind it. It was all him just being, you know, I really loved your mother and you look just like her. Yeah, I think I'm doing a little uh, fan game here. I'm, uh, I'm playing a little uh, fan fiction thinking thinking of my uh, Littlefinger Sansa romance going on here. <laughs> <laughs>
I mean, living in a dream world. I think everyone deserves some love, even Littlefinger. Come on. In a perfect world, he would have got Catlett. No, I'm kidding. So Liza, Liza calls her in, calls Sansa over to the moon door. If you were Sansa, would you walk over to crazy Liza standing by the moon door? I, I wouldn't. I, I'd say. Oh, right? After smacking her child like that? Yeah, I'd be like, I'd, I'm, I'm close enough. And, uh, and she says, do you know how far down that is? hundred feet. And she's like, it's fascinating to watch the bodies. Hundreds of feet. Hundreds of feet. It, it's fascinating to watch, uh, bodies fall cracked. That's like, when sweetheart says that you should be backing up. Yep. Cracked like eggs, their brains cracky, their, their heads go clear off and you can just see their heads hair and all body parts hanging on all the walls. It's so beautiful. <laughs> and the she, cold blue eyes staring up at you empty. Yep. I know what you did, she says, and and and, the, and her first rea- Sansa's first reaction is, yeah, I shouldn't have hit Robin, and don't be coy, whore. <laughs> don't yeah, yeah, she doesn't even care. She's like, she's almost got the attitude of like Peter Baelish. Yeah, someone should have done that a long time ago, yep. but I I prefer just sticking my teeth in his mouth and making him shut up. I saw it. I saw it with my own eyes. He, uh, you kissed him. And she says, no, he kissed me. And I didn't know what to do. Kind of what, exactly what Joe was saying. Uh, he, and, and Liza goes nuts. I let my whole family stand in between everybody. I killed my husband, everybody, nothing stands in between me and Peter. Yeah. Peter. You know what happens to people who stand in between me and my love, Peter Baelish? They die. <laughs> they die is what happens. <laughs> they fly. They fly. They fly and they die. That's what happens. I'm going to make you fly. She's like, uh, yeah, she just starts going like crazy, like cuckoo, cuckoo clock. And, uh, and, and she, pushes Sansa like kind of like down the hole like like we you've seen it in the preview or something but it's like pushes her down and kind of holds her by the edge getting ready to uh, let her go and and right there at that look down look down look and right at that point uh Littlefinger shows up and he says Liza let go of her please let go of her I did this all for you and he says she says why'd you bring her here she's just like her mother Yeah, she's just like her mother. She'll never love you. And he says, I swear I'll send her away. I'll send her away. You just let her go, Liza. Let her go. Liza cries and lets Sansa go. And Littlefinger... Reluctantly, very reluctantly, let's let's go with Sansa. And I got to tell you, as a a watcher, it's almost... You you almost expect her to say, like, okay, I'll let her go. Yeah. Yeah, the, the the action movie thing. The uh, I'll let her go. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and it drops and drops the kid. <laughs> the, I, I can, the last action here. Yeah, and, put me down. Put me nose and raw deal. Put me down. Put me down. Okay, I'll put you down. No, let me go. Okay. <laughs> and and uh, probably in every Schwarzenegger movie though. You're probably right. Too. It's true. I think I think that's another one of those Schwarzenegger things. And Liza. And Liza's there, and and she's crying. And Littlefinger approaches her, hugs her, gives her my sweet silly wife, my sweet oh. silly wife, Joe. I've loved only one boy before in my life. Did only you one see boy. her face? She smiles. She's like, oh, he does love he me. He does I love me. And then he, he and then he looks me. at her cold and says, "Your sister, Catelyn Stark," and pushes and sees if crazy can fly and we get the answer crazy can fly the wicked witch of the west gets water splat i'm melting i'm falling i'm falling <laughs> and liza goes right down the hole yep <laughs> wily coyote style, style and poof cloud of smoke 
the the acme moon door didn't work out for this time folks and end of the episode end of uh we get a week off of game of thrones holy shit what an ending to the episode i i was thoroughly entertained definitely one of the best episodes of game of thrones uh definitely of the season another one of i think this season this season is my favorite like i have to look at it as a whole when everything's done but even at this point i think i can say that this season's my at least my second favorite season with a bullet uh season one it's gonna be hard to beat but this is getting damn freaking close with yeah. when we're having episodes like last week and this week and we're, we're not even to the culmination the second to last episode if these are the episodes we're having now imagine where we're going after that after this it's it's pretty incredible we got, we got three episodes left episode eight nine and ten yes and i can I, as a as a book reader, I know the things that are coming, and I'm very excited to see how it the rest plays of the season. Yeah. Oh. It's amazing so far. And this episode was definitely my favorite episode of this season. I loved the Brienne and Pod stuff. I loved that last scene. Um, but I I really got to tell you the uh, the o- Oberyn and Tyrion scene was amazing. Both those actors, kudos, fantastic work. You really had me choked up. And I believed both of you in your pain. <laughs> I did not sit there and think to myself, ah, oh, crocodile tears. These are bad actors. I thought, wow, freaking amazing work. Fantastic we, job, guys. A couple more questions here. Uh, a couple more comments. Uh, more from Chris Haddon. Dornweed, is that why Tyrion was born a little person? Tyron, Ty, Tyrion is, uh, is known for having a larger larger than average member in the club. You may have to thank his uh, sister for that. Maybe she did a little bit of uh, old school manipulation, like the the tribes that make their ears bigger. Maybe Cersei's pulling on his penis is what helped make uh, make Tyrion so popular with the ladies. Uh, Maybe he owes a little something to her. Uh, Popular with the ladies, yes. What makes Tyrion popular with the ladies is not his little pink penis. It's the big gold coin sack hanging off of the side of it. <laughs> little bitch kicked the hell out of the snow fort. Not little finger, just middle finger. <laughs> I like that one. Uh, Dinklage was great. Williams was great. Turner was great. Coster Will was great. Gillian was great. McCann was great. Flynn was great. Clark was great. Mm, this could be the Emmy right here. I agree. that If this show hasn't already won the Emmy, it sh- it's one of those shows that should just be winning it every year. And... Dinklage. Well, it's hard. It's hard to say like, oh, this was the, this is the, like, this is the show that's nominated for something in every category: best actor, supporting actor, actress, supporting actress, soundtracks, cinemascope, writing, directing, production. All blah blah blah. This goes on and on. And then like, uh, to say that it wouldn't get like, win most of those is ridiculous. If it's going to be nominated for that many categories, yeah, it's definitely it, the best it's, show on television. It is, and the money that. The money, what they get out of the money that gets put into this show is is really quite incredible. And uh, Littlefinger never had any friends good enough to punch him in the face. (laughs) (laughs) So everybody, thank you so much for checking out the episode. Thank you every much, every much. Thank you so much to Chris Hatton and Ren Redwood for being active in the live chat tonight. And if you're watching this episode at any point in time, please share your comments in the comment section. We'd love to hear what you say during the week and being part of the active community. That makes watching the episode all the better getting to interact with you guys. We obviously will not be back next week because there is no Game of Thrones uh, next week, but we will be at the Pop Culture Expo in uh, in Massachusetts. And if you guys have any questions for Hodor or Roz, 
please uh, please leave them in the message in the uh, comment section below. And if we have a chance to bump into them, we also might be going to a club to a, to listen to Hodor do do some house music, as we talked about last week. We won't get into the Hodor song anymore <laughs> again. But uh, so so, but if you guys have any questions for those guys, uh, please leave it leave the in the comment section. And thank you so much for all the support and all the comments last week. It was really an awesome week uh, talking to all you guys about Game of Thrones. It's a fun show. And as I said, it's even more fun the more people we can talk about it. So absolutely. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you, everybody. Have a good week. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks to talk about the next episode, The Mountain versus The Viper. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Talk to you That's guys. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait to watch this fight. Yeah, it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. This is better than Rocky Four. <laughs> Talk to you guys later.